Hello everyone and welcome to episode 52 of Generation GC. My name is Molly Huddleston, I'm your host, and today we're talking about The Truth from the Chronicles of Life and Death, Good Charlotte's third album in 2004, with Noelle Isgarb. Last week, we talked about The Day That I Die from The Young and the Hopeless. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. Noella is 31. She's the mother of a son named Benjamin, and she's an English teacher in Argentina, making her not just our first guest from Argentina, but our first guest in South America, which is so cool. She's been into Good Charlotte since she was 13, and she got to see them in 2005 and even got Benji's guitar pick thanks to a sign she had. Something I want to mention is that I love having guests from all over. In 2021, I want to see as many countries around the world represented as we can, as many different U.S. states as we can. So if you are a good Charlotte fan from anywhere on earth, especially if you're like, hey, nobody from my state or from my country or from my city has been on the show, reach out. Let's talk. And if English isn't your first language, that's totally okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English you are good to go. I wanted to remind everyone to please continue educating yourselves about Black Lives Matter and anti-Semitism. You can visit blacklivesmatters.card.co and antisemitism.card.co to learn more. Finally, the second batch of Generation JC stickers are here. They look so cool. If you got stickers on the first go around, these look pretty similar. The only difference is that the glitter like the grit of the uh, holographic glitter is just a little finer so they are very very shiny and they look pretty awesome if I do say so myself so there's two ways you can get some stickers number one you can support the show on anchor go to anchor.fm slash generation gc pod and there will should be a button that says support all that money goes right back into helping the show. It helps me print the stickers and get them shipped to you. Um, this batch of stickers costs like $35 or so. It helps me get equipment that I need, such as a laptop stand, headphones, cables, just anything that I need to make the show sound and, and be as good that it can be. Number two, you can make a charitable donation. This week, I'm encouraging everyone to donate to No Kid Hungry or to donate to your local food bank, whether you want to donate food or if you want to donate money. With the current situation, you know, a lot of people are still out of work and that means a lot of people are relying on food banks and your donation can make such a big difference. So then you are going to take a screenshot of your support of the show or your donation or take a picture if you're doing an in-person donation, um, and you're going to send that to me along with your mailing address, and I will send you stickers. You can reach out at GenerationGCPod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also email GenerationGCPod at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you. And, of course, please keep up on the socials, because sometimes I will just post other things you can do to get stickers. Thank you all for tuning in, and now on to episode 52. Okay, so The Truth is track nine on The Chronicles of Life and Death, Good Charlotte's third album released in 2004. Track eight is Secrets. Track 10 is The World is Black. This was not a single, so no chart notes or radio play to mention. 
The song was written by Benji and Joel Madden and John Feldman. And the album was, so the album was recorded at Barefoot Studios in Hollywood with Eric Valentine producing and engineering. And Eric was assisted by Trevor Whatever and Chris Roach. <laughs> I don't think those are their, their birth names. <laughs> I don't think so, no. No. Blame, I don't blame their, par- their parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt Rad, whose last name is, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Matt Radosovich, uh, played piano on this song. So he also handled uh, editing, programming, additional engineering, I think think just on this song um i had not heard that name matt rad before but he is a pretty accomplished producer and songwriter musician he's worked with one direction he produced a couple songs including best song ever that's pretty awesome he's worked with one of my other favorite bands walk the moon he was a songwriter for aquaman He's worked with 30 Seconds to Mars. He engineered This Is War. And he also engineered Taking Back Sunday's album Louder Now. That is really cool. Yeah. It, it's it's fun reading these things and, and finding out these little details because, like, going into this, you know, I obviously knew that Eric Valentine had done the album, but I don't know all these, like, all these no. other people that have worked on it. And all of these connections that you have no idea that they existed. Yeah. It's it's crazy, and it's I feel like this is such a cliche cliche thing, but the music industry is definitely a very small world, and exactly. as we learn from this, exactly, yeah. Um, this song has actually been played live, which I did not expect because it's like a piano ballad. Like Good Charlotte uh-huh. doesn't just whip out piano ballads live. <laughs> so, according to Setlist.fm. Which, you know, disclaimer, as always, we don't know if that's totally accurate. Um, The song has been played three times. Twice in New Zealand, in Auckland and Wellington, February 2005. And then at the Hard Rock Cafe in Jakarta, acoustic, in January 2007. I would have cried. Right? This, (laughs) like, when this album came out, like, around 2005, this was the song that I so desperately wanted to hear live because, (laughs) like, it was so different, I think. And I was like, I feel like they never will, because even before I ever saw them live, I'd watch videos and such, but it's like, I feel like they never will, but oh my god, I just, I want to hear this live so bad. I want to teach myself to play piano so I can play this myself. (laughs) I know. I really want to know, like, when they played it in New Zealand, was that, like, with an acoustic guitar? Was that with, like, a full piano with a keyboard? I looked up videos, and um, I didn't put this in the notes, but there's a video on YouTube, and it's it's something like Good Charlotte Tells Their Fans the Truth. So I'm like, oh, my God, is this going to be, like, a live clip of the song? Is it it's it? not. It's Joel giving a speech you know, some kind of speech between songs. He's like, look, this is the truth. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys and support. Thank you for supporting GC, stuff like that. Um, So it was not the song. It was a little misleading. I know. (laughs) So we are going to dive very deep into the song and we have a lot to talk about, but before that, I want to help our fans get to know you. Okay. So, when did you first hear Good Charlotte, and what were your first thoughts on them? 
uh, it was 2003. Mm -hmm. My parents, uh, my dad actually moved to Brazil because of work. I'm from okay. Argentina. Right. And my father, my dad was transferred to Brazil. And when we came back to Argentina to visit our family, I bought a magazine, one of those cheesy magazines for teenagers. Like, oh, yeah. How to tell if a guy likes you. Uh -huh. If he blinks twice, you know, things like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you read and you're so into it. So I was just taking a look at the magazine. And then there was like a short, a very thin column. And there was a picture of the band, Benji with spiky hair. Mm -hmm. And I took a look and I said, what's this? So I started reading the interview. They were talking about lifestyles of the rich and famous. Uh, I really liked what he was saying. So uh, when I came home, I I don't remember. I think it was Yahoo. It wasn't Google back <laughs> then. Yeah, 2003. I don't remember. And I started listening to them. I first heard little things, and it was like, mm. wow, this this warms my heart. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is making me feel good. So that was the first time that I heard them, and they blew my they blew my mind. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and then you saw them in 2005? 2005. I was lucky enough to see them. I was still living in Brazil. Okay. So that was uh, in Brazil. Yeah. They, that was the only time actually they came to Brazil and Argentina. Wow. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this online. I'm, I'm sure you have. But I feel like I always see to the point that it's like a, a stereotype almost or like a joke that – people from Brazil will always tell their favorite artists, come to Brazil, come to Brazil. So were, were you getting like a lot of bands coming through or, or do bands just like not tour? Brazil? No, it, it's like if, if you're lucky enough, they go to Brazil. Yeah. That's it. That's where Latin America ends, you know, <laughs> because mm -hmm. then they, they never come to Argentina. If they come to Argentina, I don't know, they come three times to Brazil and maybe one time wow. to Argentina or things like that. But the thing is that uh, I don't know if we have this huge, uh, massive uh, amount of people, you know, because mm. it's very expensive. And actually, all the shows in Argentina are in Buenos Aires. And you have to travel to Buenos Aires. So it's quite expensive to go. Right. I think that's the main reason. Oh, so there's just there's like only one city you think in Argentina and exactly just, because yeah. in Brazil they can go to Rio de Janeiro, they can go to Sao Paulo, but in Argentina it's just Buenos Aires. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult. And I was lucky enough to be living in Buenos Aires in Brazil, sorry, in Rio de Janeiro because that venue was for everybody. But in Argentina, mm -hmm. uh you couldn't be underage. Oh. If you were under 18, you couldn't go to the show. So I was super lucky. <laughs> to be very lucky. There. Yeah. Because yeah. that was like one of the best days of my life. That's amazing. I, yeah, it was super cool. Super nice. I went with two friends and we had a, an amazing time. I got weights and burnt. It was, I was like a tomato, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Red. Oh, yeah. I had a fever the next day. Oh my gosh, from uh, the sunburn? Yeah. Oh I was, no, uh, no Molly, it was a tomato. You have no idea. Uh, we arrived at the venue at eight o'clock in the morning and they started playing at six o'clock in the afternoon. So it was 
I was in line all the time <laughs> under the sun. Oh my god. But I was really happy so I didn't care. Right. It's like it's all worth it. Exactly. So you mentioned in one of your messages to me that you got Benji's guitar pick thanks to a sign. So do yeah. you remember what the <laughs> sign said? I've got pictures. I was in a magazine <gasps> online. Yeah. Because oh my god. This show was uh, a huge show. It was called Clara Kia Hawk. And Clara was a telephone company. Okay. And they they were in like this huge place where you had two stages. You had stage A and stage B. I don't know how far away they were from they were from each other, but they were like facing each other. Okay. So there were two bands playing at the same time every time. You know, at oh, every wow. moment. So uh, it was like a huge thing. And when I was there in line, I started hearing some people like, oh my God, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see. It was like uh, Iggy Pop, Nine Inch Nails. They were like really cool bands. Yeah. And one of the, I don't know, somebody said, yeah, I have this poster. And I was like, whoa, a poster? I, I could make a poster right now. Yeah. I had prepared a fan book like pictures and I wrote them some letters and the story, but I didn't prepare anything. So I ripped out one of the pages from the, the notebook. I got a pen and I was like, okay, I want his guitar pick, but how do I say guitar pick in English? Because I had no knowledge. <laughs> so I was like, help me, help me. How do you say that thing that he plays with the guitar? You know that nobody knew it. And then somebody said guitar pick. So I just wrote, Benji, I want your guitar pick. And I don't know. I was the first one. There on you the, go. Yeah. What's the name of that thing? The fence, that thing that the barricade. The yeah. Okay. I was holding from the barricade. So it was like the first one. There was no way he couldn't see me. So we had studied the, their placement on stage. So we knew that. So you we, knew where you had to stand. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So. Suddenly, there was a, ca- a guy coming down the stage, and he handed me a piece of paper and the guitar pick. I was punched. My hair was pulled. Oh, I my was- God. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Wait, so sense. how old were you at this time? 15. I was oh 16. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I put the guitar pick in my mouth, <laughs> and I spent, yeah, I spent the entire show with that piece of paper in my hands shaking and the guitar pick, and I still have it. I, That's I so cool. Know. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. I was really nervous and I was like, is this really happening? I mean, am I this lucky? And oh my I was gosh. not lucky. Yeah, so I, that that made me so happy. I love that. So you are the first person we've had on the show from South America. Uh, what kind of music like were people were your peers listening to at school like were a lot of people listening to bands like good charlotte were they played on the radio uh actually yeah it, it was not that it was like they were starting to to be listened to mm-hmm. they were li- they listened to a lot of uh, brazilian music like uh it was more their music and it was very hip-hop thing you know going okay. on and very popular music in the United States. There were also people that were huge fans of System of a Down and that kind mm. of music. But this thing, this emo movement, let's say, it was kind of new. It was kind of difficult to find somebody who was into these bands. Like, 
it was not that normal. They had similar bands, like similar uh, genre mm-hmm. from Brazil, but not these particular bands. So they were more into hip hop and their happy music that Brazilians have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that makes you want to move and shake your legs and your booty. Dance. Yeah. Yeah. Would would people like dress emo? Because you had also told me that you dressed emo for a, a big party. Like, did people dress in like black pants with the chains and the striped knee socks and skull and crossbones? Or did that not even really like, was that not common? Uh, you could see some people. Mm-hmm. And when you saw one of those people on, on the street, you, you looked at each other like, oh, we're on the same team. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not the only one, but it was not that normal. Not that normal. Yes. For example, I remember uh, I used to wear uh, male underwear instead (laughs) of panties. I don't know why. I just was, I felt comfy with them. Yeah. Whatever's comfortable. Yeah. And well, my parents were, they felt terror, you know, they were like, what is she going to do with her life? (laughs) And I was happy wearing underwear, male underwear and people on the street, they used to look at me. They turned heads. My family members, when I came to visit them, they were, what were you doing? What were you doing with your hair? Why do you need to wear so much eyeliner? But it was like, it was a thing, you know? It was a oh, movement. Yeah. It was not a face, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have a son named Benjamin, which is amazing. That is really nice. My husband supports my love. Good. He actually likes them a lot, too, oh, because good. of me. Yeah. He was like, what's the song that you're going to talk about today? Oh, I really like that song. And he started good. singing it, so it's really nice. Yes. Uh, good. That's good. So you have you have someone that supports it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, Noah, we had connected on Instagram over the summer, um, and you mentioned a couple songs that you love, one of them being The Truth. So yeah. why did you want to talk about this song in particular? Uh, there's this funny thing that when I – I really like the 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 the, lay, the layout of the album. You know, like you could yeah. sing, you could be, you were able to talk about your feelings. You were able to to like take that thing inside of you and say, "Ah, I'm getting rid of this." But yeah. then you have something to calm down and cry to, and yeah. put those sad emotions into. You know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had this crazy idea that I was the only one in the entire world who was able to make a music video for this song. Oh my gosh, so did you make a music video for this song? No, but I had it all planned out. Oh, like, okay, so tell me, I, what was the plan? I just needed somebody to give me an email or something to right. communicate with them, you know, because yep. I thought that I had the perfect idea. <laughs> yeah. So do you remember, like, what your idea was, what the concept was? Absolutely. Can you imagine? Think of it. I mean, we're talking about like a ballad. It's a sad song. It's like kind of dark. It was a black and white video. Oh, yeah. Of course. Like, of course. (laughs) It was raining. Mm, Of course. Yeah. So I thought that maybe Joel or just some random guy was coming from the airport. Uh, He was meeting this person that he was in love with. But he has his he had his doubts, you know, and so he got off the plane. He was at the airport, 
Then he got into a taxi cab and he was looking out the window and it was raining, of course, because it's, it's that song, you know? Yes. <laughs> so I had all planned out in my head. There was somebody playing the piano and there was a huge apartment with no furniture at all, <gasps> huge windows. And he was there like, why is this happening to me and singing? Then I grew up and I realized that it was a lousy video. <laughs> but at the time, I thought that I was a genius. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I had many music video ideas that I came up with growing up. I don't <laughs> know if I ever had, I guess what I would have imagined, what I might have imagined for this song was like very stark, like, I, you know, Joel is not the one playing piano on the recording, but in my mind, I think in my teenage mind, in the, the the music video idea I had was like Joel sitting at a piano and he's like <laughs> a on top piano, of a know? mountain or he's like <laughs> in an island, you know, all alone. And you get like really wide shots to see how, show how alone he is <laughs> like playing the piano, even though I didn't know at the time that he didn't play piano on the song, you know. <laughs> like, I thought it was Billy. I don't know why. I just thought well, it was Billy. Billy played. Billy played would play keyboards live exactly some so, songs so i thought maybe he could play the piano you know but if none of the other guys are in the video why would he be in the v- in the video yeah. but maybe it would be cool but and, and well i don't know i yeah. was crazy back then <laughs> yeah I, I i think we all were but that you know that's that's just having passion and excitement exactly so I want to talk about what the song means. So I, I would love to hear just what you think he is trying to say in the song. Uh, I think I've, I've been married for 15 years. I mean, not married, mm-hmm. but with my husband for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some boyfriends, but not many. But I think that it, it's about, you know, that point in a relationship when you know that it's over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you you just cannot say anything. And you know that it's over, not because you want it to be over, but because the other person doesn't feel the same. It's, yeah. I don't know, a distance or something. So I think mm-hmm. it's about that. It's about him knowing that things are coming to an end. Exactly. And needing the other person to say, dude, tell me what how you feel because I can't do this anymore. Yeah, let me move on. Exactly. Let me go and have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just about being at that point. And like, as we're saying this, I'm like going back through all these, like, you know, not so great memories, right? (laughs) Uh, Just of those points in my life where like, I knew something was not going to go on anymore, but I just wanted the truth from someone. Like I wanted like, you you want answers, right? Like, and I, I, maybe it's, and they don't really give context to what it is, like what the reason is. Like maybe the person's lying, maybe they cheated, you know, but but whatever it is, it's like they're not being truthful in some way. And that really causes you like to me like pain. Yeah, it caused you a lot of pain because it's like, did any of what we had, like, did any of this matter? Exactly. You can hear like you can hear his voice like breaking in the pre-chorus and the outro like just how desperately he just wants to know what 
is going on. And I think what sucks is like you don't always get an answer, sadly. I know. You're expecting something. And maybe you have this idea in your head that, okay, maybe this is what's going on. I need to hear it from the other person. And mm-hmm. then when you hear it, it's like a slap in the face. Because yeah. It's not that. Or it was harder than you thought. But the, the thing of not knowing, that is terrible. Yeah. Not knowing how to feel, how to act. Yeah. It's like, I think back to the, the situation that I'm like reminded of as I talk about this. And I'm like, I, I so desperately wanted to know, you know, what this person was doing, where they were going, who they were talking to. But it was also, there was also a part of me that knew deep down that it didn't really matter what they were doing. Like they were being untruthful, right? Like they were not loyal in the way I needed them. And so it's like at that point, it's like, you know, but it's also, it's like you want the truth, but do you need it? I need this. Yeah. I know that it, this is going to hurt, but I need yep. this. I need to. I need this hurt so I can. Yeah. So I can move again. on. Exactly. So I can cut this from the root. We say in Spanish, yeah. la raíz, and stop it because I yeah. can't go on. Yeah. I mean, and that's what he says. Like, I know that this might hurt me. I know that this might make me cry. Like, you know, he he knows that it might be hard to hear, but. He just wants to hear it so he can uh, process it, I think. It breaks my heart when he says, you found a million ways to let me down. So oh. I'm not hurt when you're not around. So but I, need, I know I need to let go, but you just need to do something real so I yeah. can let go of this. I feel like that line, like you found a million ways to let me down so I'm not hurt when you're not around, is like a person – maybe just kind of being really shitty and kind of trying to get you to break up with them. (laughs) Like when they just start, you know, not acting how you should or or treating you correctly. Uh, I I don't know. Or or maybe maybe it's saying, you just let me down. You were never there from me. Not as I expected you to be. You're not what I thought you were. Yeah. It's, it it's oh god it's it's a hard. It's it's a really tough place to be in, I think. Yes, cuz you know it's over but it's like you know it's over but your heart, your body, your soul, your mind needs more proof. And it's than like you already have. Yeah, and it's like before you say, you know, I'm breaking up with you, I'm done with you, whatever before you say that like you want to know why you're breaking up with him you know absolutely i mean why what did i do (laughs) yeah Uh, i you know it if you don't know why it's like you know people i don't know people will say that closure some people say that closure is a myth but like you can't get it from the other person i don't know what do you think is closure real is it important to get closure I think you all, I mean, you need closure because you yeah. need to stop the way you're feeling or the way you're acting or the way you're behaving, but you need something from the other person. Mm-hmm. The problem is that sometimes you are just so hurt or so blind that you don't see that you had closure. Yes. Yes. Good point. 
And uh, that's quite difficult, I think. I think I, I think that's a really good point that sometimes, like, because I, I agree, like, closure can be really, there's a Walk the Moon song, <laughs> speaking of Walk the Moon, there's a Walk <laughs> the Moon song called The Lift Away, which I think is, like, written from the point of view of, like, he finally has closure. And he's just saying, I forgive you, even though you made it difficult, basically. Um, it's a really, really great song. Uh, but it's about, like, ha- finally having that closure and moving on. But, yeah, it, it's – I think we're all blind in love and, unfortunately, you know, blind not just to red flags but to what really should be obvious uh, Exactly. Because sometimes we're waiting in love or maybe we're not in love, but maybe we're waiting to dip and we just can't see it. Yeah. And we lie to ourselves saying, no, he can change – or this time's gonna be different. Okay, that, well, he doesn't mean this. Right. Yeah, he does. Right. He does. Well, he says he loves me. He says he cares about me. So, you know, he he definitely isn't doing anything behind my back. Like, but but his actions sometimes exactly. speak louder than words. Exactly. I I <laughs> I will always say, listen to what someone says, but believe what they do. That's really nice. Yeah. So, uh, on a related note, do you think you should always tell the truth, or is it okay to lie sometimes? Oh, I think you should always tell the truth, but yeah, being honest doesn't mean being mean. Yes. There's yeah. there's a difference because you can say things, you can say the way you actually feel, you can say things the way they are, but you need to be careful with the way you say them. Yeah. And sometimes just because you're going to hurt somebody doesn't mean that you have to lie. You should tell the truth, but you should find a way in which it doesn't hurt or a way in which that person doesn't feel betrayed. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's very, very necessary. Well, it's like people mess up sometimes, right? But I think generally it's better for someone to find out about something sooner and from you than hearing it like third hand down the road kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think because I think it's like, if you've been lied to, then you also have the pain of like, Oh my God, they lied to me on top of whatever it is they were lying about. Absolutely. And you have like this image sometimes that you want to keep, you know, okay, well, Things ended, but we. Uh, but he was nice to me, or he treated me nicely. We had a nice relationship. But when they lie, yeah, and they say they don't. They, when they lie, it's like everything falls apart. That picture yeah. just crumbles. Yeah, yeah. I, I again, I'm thinking back to like the same situation in my life, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like. There were so like looking back, I can see you know, so many moments where I'm like, oh my God, that, that was the closure I needed. Right. But yeah, yeah, it's, there were a lot of lies, you know what I mean? And it's like, I wish I had had the truth because I feel like the truth would have (laughs) made me realize when it's time to like cut ties, like a lot sooner. Sorry, but can I play you a song so you can just think about everything you're going to tell me and then you say it to me? Can we just do that? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, uh, even stuff like telling someone they look good in an outfit that they don't actually look good in. I don't. Just say, that's lying. Yeah. Like, just say, <laughs> you know, just, like, you don't never, yeah. I never, ever, ever, like, this goes out to anyone any man, anyone that's dating a woman, you know, whatever your your orientation or gender is, never tell a woman she looks fat, ever. But if she Unless you want to die. Right, exactly. Unless you want to, like, die a slow and painful death. <laughs> never tell a woman she looks fat, but... I, I'm thinking from my point of view, if I were to put on an outfit that didn't look great, I would want someone to say... Well, that one's all right, but I really love the blue dress, you know, or I, I really love this, or... How do, how do you feel wearing it? How do you feel with it? You, you right. don't look so happy as you looked oh, with the good. other one. Yeah. So you, we take off the focus of the way your body is to the way you feel, because the way you feel is what actually, I don't know, it takes this energy out of your body on the way you, you portray yourself, so... It happens the same when you're lying. Because when you're lying, your your body is saying one thing and your mouth, your, your words, your voice is saying something else. Yeah. I also feel like if you start with small lies, like, oh, yeah, you look great when you don't, then that, like, allows bigger lies to kind of build up. Exactly. You don't know what's true or you don't know anything you end up i think that when you find out that someone's lying to you you doubt every little thing they have told you exactly exactly you, you, you're just like i, I you like your friends do you right for real why right no, i didn't i don't like your best friend do you for real well it's like it, it's like why I mean, people lie to, oftentimes, it's like, well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings, you know, is a lot of times the excuse, but I don't know. It's like, you can't avoid hurting someone's feelings sometimes, but you can be kind in how you do it, I think, kind and, like, respectful and, like, lying to someone only to then say whatever you had to say in a really, like, nasty way, that's not respectful no not at all you can be honest and you can be polite and nice and caring yeah and you should we all should the thing is that sometimes we uh, i think that sometimes we're just so eager to tell the truth that we just don't think yeah about what it might cost but if we stop to think we can make a huge change because you can say, hey, listen, uh, or I didn't like your attitude instead of saying you're a horrible person. Which, so you, it changes a lot. And and even if it's like, hey, I, I didn't like your attitude, it, maybe it's like, okay, you're someone I really care about. You're not, like, your whole demeanor has changed. Like, what's going on? Because I definitely, like, I've noticed this in myself, but also in, in people around me that, like, if someone is, like, really irritable if they're really angry if they're really cynical a lot of times that means something is going on with them and not that they're just like trying to be 
mean. Jerk. Right. It doesn't excuse yes. it, but. But you know, there's a, there's a, a reason. It's not valid that there mm-hmm. is a reason because that not, that's not their true essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we're just tired and we just don't pay attention to those things and it's a pity. I think that many times lots of friendships and relationships fail. Yeah. Because people don't take that time to, to think, you know, I'm going to say this and maybe this person could feel like this, this or this. It's like, oh, I screw it. I'm just going to say it and whatever because I'm not happy. So F them. Right. I'm not happy. So like they can't be happy. Yeah. And it's not like that, but that's part of growing up, I think. And finding people, uh, interacting with other people and, and being able to, to grow up as a person, changing the environment you relate to. Mm-hmm. I think learning how to communicate, like learning how to communicate in a way that is clear and direct about how you feel and what you want while also being, like, polite and not just respectful and not being a jerk. Like, that's, like, an important life skill that, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, that's cliche. But, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of people, I know plenty of people that are not so great at communicating what they actually want, you know? Um, Yeah. So the message is totally different. Yeah. Because there is always going to be a gap between what you say and what the other person gets. But mm-hmm. you can make it uh, smaller. Yes. With the words you use. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so I did want to mention that I, I searched and I tried to find, like, interviews and, you know, things where the band talked about this song online. And I didn't find – I didn't see anything online uh, where the band talked about this song. I did see on songmeetings.com, a few people commented mentioning a Kerrang! article. Several people mentioned this same Kerrang! article. So, like, I guess this would be a secondary source because, like, the interview itself would be a primary source. So... Let's see. Someone else, <laughs> someone, someone quoting or talking about the interview will be a secondary source. Um... So that's that's my disclaimer because I haven't seen the actual article because I Kerrang is a magazine out of the UK which I definitely wasn't reading in 2005. Um, I don't think I like knew what it was. I only know it because of the covers on many mm-hmm. of the pictures, you know, because sometimes you would, would Google a band and yeah. it was like I actually thought it was Kerrang, not Kerrang. So good. yeah, uh, it's like Alt Press, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's similar to like Alt Press, but it's based in the UK. Although they do have a US office. I actually photographed last September I photographed a hardcore festival for them, um, back to school jam in Jersey City. Uh so they have like they have a US office, but it's I think it's based in the UK. But yeah, yeah similar cool. to like an Alt Press or Rock Sound. Okay, drops out. Oh my god. Those cover magazines that I was a child and I was like fifteen mm-hmm. and I was like, What's this? I wish I could have this. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was, but I I wanted that. <laughs> Were there any magazines like that in Argentina? 
I don't live in Argentina, but in Brazil. I lived there for three years. Mm-hmm. And my two best friends were really keen into the Charlotte too. Okay. Because of me. Good. Uh, with Good one influence. of them, actually. Yeah. With one of them, actually, we exchanged bands because we used to sit with the CDs. And you know that little book they have inside that I don't know yes. the name in English. And we used to read them because they would always thank the band. So I used to read them and spent hours online trying to find, to find the bands, bands they were talking and about. some songs so I could know if I had the same music interests as them, you know? Yeah. And there, were, there was a, a magazine stand near my house in which they had this, it was like a small magazine, but when you opened it up, it was a poster. Oh, cool. And it had, I don't know, maybe it was a photo shoot about uh, predictable, you know? Do you remember that look, that the that rose that yes. they were, would have on their hands, their heads? Uh, so it was a poster, and you had some info about them. I don't know, information like, I remember this, and oh my God. It was, Benji's favorite underwear yeah, is I like blue. all of those. Things like that. He, uh, yeah. Billy loves Star Wars and his favorite character is, I don't know, Chewbacca yeah. because he does those things that now I think and I say, oh my God, it was for us, for stupid girls who <laughs> just yes. bought anything, but I could have a picture of them and I could buy a magazine. So I remember that I would collect magazines that I knew they were, there was an article about them or something back then when they, when Joel was dating Hilary Duff. Yeah. Uh, there were many magazines with pictures of them. So I would buy those magazines, which were these cheesy magazines that I yeah. was telling you about. But they had, they were so cheesy that they didn't have important information about them. Yeah, it would just be like, this is, this is who, you know, Joel's favorite color. This exactly. is Benji's favorite pizza toppings. Yeah. His favorite cereal in the morning. Nobody cares about that. That right. doesn't make him as a person. It's like, whatever he eats, I don't care. I mean... Right. I want to, I always wanted to know, like, what were the songs about? Like, what were their favorite bands? What inspired them? Like, absolutely. Not the things that he likes doing while he's taking a poop. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> but you have that information and you're happy with it. Yeah. At least I was because I was really young and the internet wasn't a tool, it wasn't the same tool that it is right now. Right. It wasn't so like that you was, could just search and find anything. Absolutely. That was like a lot of information for me. And I remember telling my mom, my mom used to call me Benjita instead of Benji, Benjita. <laughs> and that's the way she calls my son today. Cute. And she was like, okay, but how do you know that's real? I know it, mom. I know it. I know it. <laughs> I know it's real. This is not a phase. Yeah. It wasn't a phase. They always laugh at that because I still have pink hair, for example. Mm-hmm. I've got some good Charlotte tattoos and they still laugh and they were like, I never thought you would pull it up for the rest of your life, but you're still yeah. doing it. Absolutely, mom. That was I, not a face. <laughs> well, did you see, I, t- I tweeted something this week, a screenshot of a comment from 2004 where someone said, stop analyzing good Charlotte Who songs. Who are you, dude? It's Get a alive. waste of time. I was like, oh, you don't want to hear my podcast then, do I'm you? I'm sorry, but no, it's not. Let me tell you right. something. Just because his favorite underwear, it's light blue, doesn't mean... Right, right. <laughs> so no. you said you have a good Charlotte tattoo? 
I've got uh, three of them. Mm-hmm. I've actually, two of them actually, and one of them I just copied the Lista to. Awesome. Uh, for my 16th birthday, I got the girl on the Chronicles of Life and Death. Oh, cool. Uh, album art. That was me. I really like fairies, so I thought that was a fairy. And she came back from the death. I don't know. This is what I thought. But I still love it, and it means a lot to me because it represents them. Yeah. Uh, so I got her. Then I got uh, the sparrow that you have on the first city. Yes, yeah. My best friend, the one that used to go with me to these shows, she passed away a really long time ago. And I had lost the CD. Oh no! And I was telling a, a, a family member that she has passed, she had passed away, and I started crying. So I went to my room and I laid down. And when I was laying down, I found the CD on the floor. Oh my god! Uh, That's I mean, amazing. Yeah. Yes, it was. So we really liked the band. We kind of discovered the band together. So it was really meaningful for me. Yeah. And when I moved to my house, to my my own house, there was a nest of sparrows outside of my window. That's like fate. That's amazing. I know. I know. So that was, I got it when I was, uh, it was 2006 that I got it. 2007. I got that tattooed and I love it. I love it. She's my beautiful sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, That's sweet. Because there's like so many meanings to that. Absolutely. It's very meaningful. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I brought up Kerrang! Uh, and I did want to read what the quote that this person shared. So rip me to shreds. That's the person's username. <laughs> said, this is from Kerrang! When they reviewed the new album and asked Joel some questions about the truth. So Kerrang! The interviewer said, the song, The Truth, sounds like a really personal track. And Joel says, it is. That was one of the first songs I wrote for the new album. I was in Japan for three weeks because I'd just split up with my girlfriend and I felt like I had nowhere to go. So I hung out in Japan for a bit after we finished touring there and read a lot and wrote a lot. And that song was the result. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty, pretty much spot on in our interpretations, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> We were right. I can I can really see that though. Like, there's definitely value in traveling or like not being home when, like, whether it's a breakup or grief or like anything you're trying to process, just like not being home, because then it's like you get to do your processing and all your feeling and all your emotions somewhere else, and then you come home and it's not like it's haunting you at home. They are very raw, I think. So yeah. you are able to, to process them. Process? Is that okay? Process, yeah. Okay, then better. So, yeah, I do agree with you. Yeah. I mean, Japan sounds like not a bad place to do that, especially because that's so different from, you know, anywhere else like the U.S. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't blame him for doing that. And... <laughs> And they were quite famous there too. Yeah, they had yeah. A huge fan base. So that must have been a place where they felt comfortable, maybe, but not not. Us. I don't know. They were comfortable, but not like people were all over them. Yeah. For him, in this case. I really want to have someone from Japan on the show, because um, I know would that be like so cool. 
that like that was the whole reason they did that the intro on this album in Japanese because they had such a great fan base there and everything. Uh, you know, they love the country a lot. That would be really cool. Yeah, it would be really cool. I remember listening to the intro for the first time and trying to to find out what I, I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> and I still laugh because when I listen to it, I sing. And I sing as if I knew it. And I'm But you don't sure know what the words mean. Absolutely. No, no idea. And I don't know how they are pronounced, but I think I do. So I tell myself, yeah. kudos, girl. Keep on singing it. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing it and I would have been 13. And I don't think I knew at first that it was Japanese. No way. Like, I found that out pretty quickly because I was like, what are they singing? Like, this doesn't make sense. This is not English words. Uh, so I, I must have, like, found it, you know, online somewhere. But, yeah, it <laughs> listening to that for the first time, I was like, what are they doing? It reminded me of Harry Potter. I don't know why, yes. but yes. I was in Hogwarts and Dumbledore was about to come right in the corner and say, hello, children. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Right? <laughs> The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Please go back to your dormitories. Yeah. Let's yeah. sing a song and let's go back. Right. Um, back to the truth, though. I was thinking about this and, like, they really don't have a lot of piano-driven songs. I mean, they have – no, they have a handful of songs with piano with keyboards. But they don't really have a lot of ballads. Like, they have slow songs, but they really don't have a lot of ballads. And the only other one I thought of was Where Would We Be Now from Good Morning Revival. Can you think of any others that would be like a ballad? No, because I, yeah. I in my head, I, I think a ballad and I think it's about love. Yeah. But not about, because the other ones that we know are songs for their mom or their right. dad. And a ballad is for somebody you love. And no, this is like for someone you love. Someone who who loves loved you, let's say. <laughs> but no, this was like very deep. This was very different for them, I think. Yeah, it was very different for them. I I, I wonder how it came about that it was gonna be like the the instrumentation, the arrangement of this song is very bare. Like it's piano, and there's like a little bit of drums going on, but like. There's no, there's no guitar, there's no bass, there's no cello, there's no strings going on, which you might often hear in, in a song like this, right? Um, I really would love to hear, like, I think it works because I think it makes it feel so much more raw. Absolutely. Yeah, because also it's, it is as if he was showing, like, this is how I feel and this is tearing me apart. So yeah. I need to, to show this somehow throughout music yeah well and it's like it's like i'm trying to be honest i want you to be honest i don't want anything else like just be raw with me you know be real and so that's what they i interpret as like that's what they're trying to do musically too yeah it was very powerful i think that it was simple and powerful yeah i always like to talk about what other you know, songs in the catalog uh, a song relates to. And I had a few listed down, although they're all all different. Um, 
anxiety being one, which like I never would have put together at first, but like anxiety I think is also about just really desperately wanting to know what's going on with someone like they're not communicating. So I think that totally relates to what's going on with this song. Um, but then, you, like, you have songs like Counting the Days and Makeshift Love, I guess, you know, maybe Reason to Stay that are sort of more general, like, this thing isn't working. But I feel like anxiety is kind of the closest uh, related to this, what they're doing. I think that the truth deals with this thing of how he feels in his heart and in his yeah. mind. And anxiety, it's more like a general way. Yeah, okay. It's like his life is like this, but in the truth, this is my heart, you know. This, I'm pouring my heart up here, and this is exactly how I feel. And with anxiety... Maybe anxiety is his head. Like, if this is the heart, anxiety is kind of the head. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like, the truth is like, yeah, he's pouring out his heart. This is what he feels. He just... He's like, I don't care. I just want to know the truth. And then in anxiety, he's like, oh, my God, like, I'm underwater. You know, <laughs> I'm spinning out. Maybe, maybe, like, the truth is him in his house alone. And the yeah. anxiety, it's around people. This is how yeah. I feel. Like, I feel anxiety. I don't feel okay. But this is going to, I mean, this shall pass too, you know. <laughs> yeah. I know it's going to be different in a couple of months, days. I'm, I know I'm going to move on. But the truth is me alone, laying in bed, thinking what's going on. Me and my head, my heart, me and my thoughts. Yeah. It's like a very, it definitely seems like a song that he was spending a lot of time alone when he wrote this song. Because I think you have to be really able to get to the core of what you're feeling to write something like this. Yes. And that makes it more real. Totally. And maybe that helps you get the closure that you sometimes have, but you don't see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it If you spend – I don't think it's healthy to, like, totally isolate yourself forever. Like, being a recluse is, you know, probably not great. But it, if you allow yourself time to process thoughts on your own and, like, process your feelings on your own, I feel like that lets you, like – Figure out how you feel. They are lighter because you don't have anybody's opinion. It's yeah. just you and what you feel. Because, I mean, we all listen to people and sometimes people mean well because they do. But we get those things in our hands, in our heads, sorry. Uh, when you're alone, nobody gets into your head. But Yeah. You. Right. It's like other people can put ideas into your head or they might misinterpret something. But when you're alone, it's just you and your feelings, and it's very raw, and it's very simple, because that's what you're actually feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So which is hard. Which is really hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's life. We gotta deal with these things. Yeah, exactly. You have to deal with it. Like, not dealing with your feelings is like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but thanks to this, we have this music that they yeah. Beautifully. <laughs> so I'm sorry if they had bad times and rough times, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. If it has helped them create all that they have, then I'm sorry, but I love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay. You went through some shit, but, you know, it 
we got something good out of it. It will get better. Just relax. Yeah. Just keep on going. <laughs> yeah. So did you have any, like, memories or stories you wanted to share about this song, about the truth? No, it's just this, that funny thing that I told you about the music video. Yes, I that love I that. Thought that, I, <laughs> that I thought I was, like, I don't know, innovating everything. Yeah. I was very innocent. <laughs> I love that, though. That's, that's fun. <laughs> and, and we've got to, like – you're not the first one that's mentioned like, oh, I had an idea for a music video. What I would really love someday if it was like a little safer to travel and, you know, we had the money is like get everyone that I've had on the show, get us all together and film all these, like film these ourselves. Oh my God, that would be so awesome. It would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That would I don't be know so how amazing. we would do it, but you know, in a world, you know, where it's safe to travel and <laughs> I have the money to fund this, you know, we'll we'll do our own DIY Charlotte music videos. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, I was pregnant with my son. So it was 2016. Okay. It was the band's anniversary. So in Argentina, there is a GC fam. Yes. Which is a fandom. And it's from Buenos Aires. And those girls and people that take part in it are amazing they decided to uh give us some songs so we had to record ourselves doing something mm-hmm. with that part of the song so you could just sing it play it and play it if you played any instrument uh record yourself dancing whatever and it was really cool because we were part of this of their songs you know we thought yeah. like we're the music video so that your idea would be i don't know out of this world. I would love it. That's so cool. That's so fun. It was super fun. Yeah. So I want to read some critical response, what some reviewers have had to say about this song. So the Frederick News Post appreciated their humble nature. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll read this. Hmm. At first listen, the new album is a departure for a band that is often criticized for sounding too similar to one of their biggest influences, Green Day. Were they really, though? Like, were they really criticized for sounding like Green Day? Because Good Charlotte got criticized for a lot, but I don't know if sounding too much like Green Day was what they were criticized for. I don't, I have never heard that. (laughs) I read that and I was like, really? Right, right. If you say so. But given a chance, the experimental album simultaneously demonstrates the members' lofty ambitions and their humble nature. The truth deals with relationships, while It Wasn't Enough talks about insecurity, faith, and self-confidence. Yeah, I mean, they got got the songs right, you know. (laughs) I mean, they definitely, like, Good Charlotte's definitely, in some instances, been compared to Green Day, but I also feel like that's kind of like Green Day was like the biggest band in the world in 2004, 2005, you know? So like, yeah, of course they got compared to them. Absolutely. And, and they like, they, they were the first, they, they, there was those years yeah. were the first bands that were arising, you know, with this new movement. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of sounded similar and they kind of sound, talked about the same thing, but it was what we were feeling and nobody was talking about that like that. 
Yeah. I feel like Green Day – I mean, I don't know. I love Green Day, and I, I was just listening to American Idiot a few days ago, and it's such an amazing album. And, like – Totally. I think American Idiot was, like, a turning point for Green Day in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, I never felt – I felt like Green Day wouldn't be, like, as emotional as Good Charlotte with their content. No, they were much more uh, – I don't think that they were so – they, they were more detached with their feelings. Yes. Their inside a, feelings. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. What the world made you feel, not how you felt inside. Yes. Which is very different. Yeah. And, I mean, a song like, you know, uh, Wake Me Up When September Ends, like, obviously, from American Idiot, you know, Billy Joe is talking about losing his dad and everything, and that is really personal. But, yeah, I feel like in general... I don't think of Green Day as, like, a very emotional band. No. It's like a a F the system. I can do it. I'm good enough, even though you told me I'm not. Yeah. And just have fun with life. It sucks sometimes, but it was not as... It didn't... It was not in touch with their inner feelings. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't, like, as introspective. Like, this album has a lot of introspection, I think. Like, a lot of, like, oh, I'm, you know, walk away. I'm going to walk away from my problems. Secrets. Like, oh, I have all these dark, you know, we all have secrets inside. I just want the truth from you. All these, like, really personal, introspective kind of things. And they, yes, 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 absolutely. It's not, it's not the same. You can compare them, but it's not the same. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely. Uh, So, Sound the Sirens said that Chronicles is a step in the right direction career-wise, but it shows a conflicted band trying to do too much at once. The band falls flat when they try too hard. The vocals on The Truth and We Believe are strained and sincere, but the lyrics do not match the effort. Lyrics have never been Good Charlotte's strong point, though they can work well when the rest of the song is simple, catchy, and melodic. No, I do not agree with you, but okay. I don't necessarily agree with it either. I don't think they're, like, wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't look at that and go, like, okay, well, you just don't get it. But, like, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with what that person has to say. Um, I mean, the lyrics on this song aren't, like, complex. There's not, like, a lot of metaphor. He's just, like, I want the truth even if it hurts me. Like, just, I don't care no more. Right. I don't care. Just tell me the truth. Like, you don't need to be super complex or, like, poetic. Just, like, say how you feel. Don't edit yourself. Yeah. Last review that I'll read is from Hip Online. Uh, they said it was – they called it the average, and they said, lack of lyrics that mean something hurts, but it still sounds nice. Not great. That's what you say to your nephew when he shows you a picture, right. a drawing that he made. Oh, it's nice. It was not great, but it's nice. No. Right, right, right. Some, let's read some comments from song meetings. So, Dementia, user Dementia said, this song is what I would say to my ex-boyfriend. Exactly. Wow. My respect for Good Charlotte has grown so much. Um, mood, you know? <laughs> I can, I can feel that. Uh, <laughs> punk rock dude, great username, said, the singer's voice seems a bit country-ish at times at the beginning, but oh well. 
I found I find the song quite sad and can be related to by most people. I think it's about a breakup between two people taken from the dump ease point of view. <laughs> being how, how they feel about the relationship, which would be that he or she wants it to end. I don't know. Do you agree with that? The country-ish? No. I don't. I, don't, I think that, but I speak not knowing about the, the genre. Yeah. I think that the, the way they pronounce, I basically learned how to speak English with them. My pronunciation, I picked up so many th- words from them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like very not complex. I don't know. I think for me, it's quite normal. If you ask me about country, I have a really strong accent. And he doesn't have it. I don't yeah. think that's... No. I think... I don't know. I think sometimes a good song could be arranged different ways, you know? I could hear this. I could almost hear a country singer singing a song like this. But I don't think... I don't really think Joel sounds country is here i don't know no at least as far as i'm concerned what country is no. right so two more comments i see comics said wow this is the only song ever from good charlotte i just can't stand to listen to i've got pretty much everything back to 1996 and this is the only song i don't like the album kind of sucks as it is and this song is the worst of the worst why do you have to comment up? Like, keep it to yourself, dude. Just go read right? a comic. Go see a comic. Right. <laughs> go read your comics. Yeah. There is no, no point in doing this. Yeah. So, last comment. Um, Cryo Kid with two Ds says, Quick round of applause for GC. This song was the only thing that got my dad to let me play GC in the car. So thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks so much. Well, it used to be that I just listened to the song and got bored by the seemingly monotonous lyrics. But once I got older, I got into it more, and I'm really touched by this song. Nice. I- I'm glad that this song got your dad to let you play GC in the car. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. Your dad your dad kind of got cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I just have a few questions as we tie things up. Okay. Okay, so Noel, how has this song in particular held up for you over time? I think that last comment where he says that once I got older, I got into it more. Yeah. It's amazing because when I heard that I I thought I had been in love and I thought I had been through a break breakup, but I was, I, I, that was not real. And most of their songs, actually, as I grew older, they kept having more and more meaning Yeah, because I could relate to those things that they were relating to. They were talking about. Right. Like as so, you get older, you have more experience. Yes. And things get more real, I think. Because when you're a child, when you're a teenager, you think that, okay, this is the worst. And no, kiddo, it's not. All right. fun. Right. <laughs> and th- I think that this is the, the thing that I love about them, that as I grew older, their songs kept on growing with me. They, I could apply them at any time of my life, and they have a different meaning, and they have a meaning. Yeah. And this song... I've been there when I said, okay, is this over? I told you I've been in a relationship for 15 years. Yeah. 
I'm still young. I'm 31. It's yeah. Not that, it's not that common, but there were times in which I said, is this real? I mean, what's going on? Just, yeah. are you lying to me? Is this you? What's going on? And I've heard this and I cried to it. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, for me, it, it keeps coming up with this album that I definitely like when I was 13 and I heard this album, I like didn't really grasp how dark much of it was. And I think when I first heard this song, I probably, I was like, oh, I love it. It's piano. His voice is like so intense. It's incredible. I, I, I don't think I related to it when I was 13 and, you know, had never been dumped or rejected or anything <laughs> like that at, at that point. Uh, you know, a couple years down the line, you know, yeah. <laughs> life happened and I was like, oh, okay, okay. That's what this is. They have meaning, but yeah, it doesn't matter when you listen to them. You can find them a meaning. It's like they are universal, you know? Yeah. They fit into any situation of your life and they give you comfort. Yes. Comfort for sure. I was listening to the album like as I was, you know, cooking just before this. Um, and I was like, all right, like it's been a big, big week, you know, I, I've been very stressed and I was like, all right, it's just, it's comfort. It's there, you know? Yes. They make you cozy inside. Yes, exactly. I know. <laughs> uh, so what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? They have meant, when I first started listening to them, I felt that I belonged somewhere. I love you that. You know what? Yes. It, it was like, these guys get me. So if they are talking to me through these songs, then it means that I am not the only one. And it means that this is going to change. If this was the worst, it's going to end. Yeah. So it was really nice. I felt really lonely. I had no idea. I mean, I had taken English lessons, uh, but my vocabulary was very uh, limited. So listening to them, opened lots of words for me the emotional part getting in touch with my feelings knowing how to deal with them learning this new language expressions vocabulary uh, how to pronounce words it was amazing i think they 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 are a huge part of who i am if you know me you know that my favorite dad <laughs> yeah. is good charlotte and you know it and you know why my son's name is benjamin so they have it has never changed. They're still there. They're like that thing that you cannot get rid of because it makes you feel good. It gives you comfort. That's what I just said. They give me comfort. I think that's really cool that they helped you learn just about how to express yourself in English because I think that's one of the hardest things about learning a new language is, you know, I so like I took a few years of French in high school and like you know, I went to Paris a couple of years ago. I could navigate okay. Like, I could ask for directions, right? Um, yeah. I could ask for directions. I could order food most of the time. But <laughs> what, what I was not able to do ever was to express myself or, like, how I was feeling in French. Because I never really had that – you know, I wasn't really exposing myself to, like, French music. Um, so I could definitely see how – music like good charlotte would be a big help in learning to express yourself and 
in general and, you know, in, in learning another to, language. To stand up for myself, many of the things that they said, because everybody was like, okay, this is a phase. Uh, I had a really <laughs> bad time those three years that I lived in Brazil. I didn't mm -hmm. like them. I didn't enjoy them at all. And I felt that they kept me sane. <laughs> yeah. I felt that they were the ones that I could turn to when things got dark, which in my head, they were quite dark. They were not nice. I was not feeling okay. And they were that hug that I needed. They were that word that I needed. They were lots of things that I think that's why not many people understand. I, I really feel music with my heart, my body, my soul. And that's what they did for me. It was they helped me grow up. That's I love it. that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Amazing. So do you have any last words about the truth about Good Charlotte or about yourself? Uh, maybe the, about the truth that now we can ask them to play it live. Yes. Just, I don't know. Grab a keyboard. I don't know. A Zoom meeting or something, but just play right. it for us. Come on. We're asking you, please. I, I <laughs> please, love please. it. Oh, I would love that so much. That would be so amazing. After all those years, uh, being able to, for us, being able to listen to the song, having experienced that, and maybe for them singing that, yeah. having, uh, being over, you know, because that's over for him now. Yeah. He has outgrown that. So that would be cool. Yeah. So last thing before we, uh, before we head off, uh, two more things, I guess. So I'm doing a Generation GC and Friends playlist on Spotify. So I'm going to include the truth, you know, the song that we covered on the show. And I also yes. like to include just a recommendation from our guests. So anything you've been listening to lately, like anything that's not, Good Charlotte. Um, anything you'd want to share? Any songs? I am so, so obsessed with Machine Gun Skelly. Oh my gosh, album. yes. I have been obsessed with him over these last few years. And I think that maybe, I don't know, World War Three. Okay. That would be the one. Man, I need to get Machine Gun Kelly on this podcast. I would die. I would die. Oh, my God. Ugh, but it's really funny because I'm telling you, like, to put this song, and this one is, uh, if you listen to the lyric, he's talking about, uh, he's basically telling, if you're going to lie to me, yeah, just make it look good. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, <laughs> it's right. kind of the opposite. But this thing, is, if you're going to be honest, do it. And if you're going to lie to me, come on, don't be such a, Percy, I don't know if I can say that. I'm sorry. You can say that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, thank you, Noel, for coming on the show. It was really nice. Where can people keep up with you on the internet? Did you want to share your social media? I've got Twitter, but I'm just a boring person. I'm a boring <laughs> teacher. I've got Twitter, which is Dem Noelia. Uh, but... I've got Instagram with the same username, but I just don't post anything. It's just yeah, for news and memes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Honestly, that's, that's a pretty healthy way to use it, news and memes. I was following the, the elections through Twitter. Oh, my God. Twitter, and I was so nervous. I don't know why. Yeah. But I, I, 
I recorded, so episode 35 is going up this week, and I did my intro for that today. And in the intro, I was like, I slept better last night than I have in like a week because I've been, I was checking the election results. Full time. Me Every too. And time. I don't live there. Yeah. This is not my president. But I was like, come on, this has to be over. I mean, everybody yeah. knows what's going to happen. So, dude, get out. This is not your place anymore. Bye bye. I know. I, I don't expect him to go without a fight, but, you know, no. whatever. It's, it's going to be rough. He's gone, you know. He, he will be gone, anyway. That's, if we want to say it like, Charlotte, this is a new beginning. Yes, so. exactly. Let's cheer to it. <laughs> yes, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners, thank, thank you. you for tuning in. Last week, we talked about The Day That I Die from The Young and the Hopeless. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. My name is Molly. I've been your host. And you can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all so much for tuning in and continuing to support the show. Please make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen, and please tell a friend.